0: Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 146 and today we're going to be talking about that somewhat elusive thing called contentment. We're going to be talking about the character trait of contentment. You know, the Apostle Paul spoke extensively about character Our characters. (laughs) In fact, he was the one who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, guided, of course, by God. But Paul spent a lot of time speaking about character and how it's important. And really, when you think about it, character is what draws you to someone or repels you, isn't it? Because, you know, our character makes up our whole personality. So if you view someone as kind and honest and loyal, the chances are you're going to like to have that person near you as a friend, right? But if you look at someone and you discern that they're manipulative, they have a moody character, uh, they tend to be angry a lot or critical, chances are, if you can, you're going to keep your distance, right? Because all these character traits that we have make up our personality. Well, the Apostle Paul taught extensively about character because he worked primarily with people who were new to the Christian faith. And for many people who were new to the faith 2,000 years ago, actually this is still true today, Um, When they begin to follow Christ's example and model their life after Christ, it really brings about a lot of radical changes. So, for example, things like Paul would say things like, um, okay, now that you're following Christ, uh, we don't cheat anymore in our business practices. Yeah, you once did that, but now, no. We don't live that way. That's not who we are as people. Or he would say things like, don't take revenge on people. Instead, learn how to forgive. So even if the person wasn't a forgiving person to begin with, St. Paul would say, no, that was in the past. He had nicer language. He would say, clothe yourself in Christ, which is a way of saying, you know, in the past you didn't know how to forgive. Or in the past, you lived with resentment. But this is a new time. This is a new day. This is a new way of living. And he would speak about this a lot, how respect is important. It's very important that you receive respect. And it's also important that you learn how to respect those around you. And faithfulness is basic Building blocks of any great relationship, loyalty, honesty, faithfulness. Um, But these would have been new for some of the new believers that Paul would have been teaching, as they would be for some people today, right? So we're looking at a passage today from 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's actually a letter Paul's writing to a young pastor, Timothy. He's coaching him. And he writes to this young man who's, well, he's really like a son to him. His name's Timothy, like I said, young pastor. And he's pastoring a fairly large church in Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey. And Paul's his mentor. And he's known him for a long, long time. In fact, he's a family friend because he knows his mom, Eunice, He knows his grandmother, Lois. So there's this strong family connection in history. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, calls him his his son in the faith because he introduced him to Christ. And so, so basically he's a convert to the faith. And in this letter, Paul writes to young Timothy And he wants to pass on some advice to him. Actually, he's probably about 30-odd years old. He's not like a teenager, but it's just fascinating to me, even if he is about 30, ish 25. he, He passes on some advice to Timothy. He picks out two character traits that he believes are very important. And it is most surprising to me that he picks out contentment, because contentment is not normally associated with youth. In fact, to be honest, it's not really associated with any age, is it? Contentment. He picks out two, two things. He says, I'm just going to give you the line. He says, Timothy, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment there's great gain and when I was just reading that line and thinking about that line I thought what an unusual thing to say to someone just beginning you know starting off their first call full of ambition and passion and energy and drive because you know many of us in our mid-20s right we want to change the world right and of all the many things Paul could have emphasized, I mean, he could have said, work hard, Timothy. He could have said, stay focused, do your best, choose good friends. Actually, he did uh, advise this at other in other places in his letters. Uh, he could have said, watch who you partner with. You take the wrong partner on and you're going to be miserable and all sorts of problems will arise. He did talk about that in other letters, but... But for this time, for Timothy, he says, no, Timothy, learn to be content with what you have, with where you are. Now, this whole idea of contentment is the state of, it's kind of like a state of being mentally or emotionally satisfied, with things as they are. In other words, you're aligning yourself with, re- with the reality of your life. So a lack of contentment would be when you feel like something is missing. You're in a state of restlessness. So if you're not contented, you're, you're looking for the missing piece, right? And we've all experienced this. So if I'm not content, I'm, I'm empty. I'm empty for something. And if I'm empty, I'm going to be spending my life trying to fill this space. I'm going to be trying to fill this need or this void. That's going to be the drive. And this is where it gets tricky. Because if restlessness is the drive, if that's doing the leading then obviously it's not God that's doing the leading, right? Because we can only be led by one impulse. Now, so really, when we get when we start to talk about contentment, we're moving into the realm of motivation. Now, for different people, uh, different things will try or promise to fill the void, right? If I'm restless, if I'm empty, there's a strong possibility that I'm going to be looking outward and I'm going to be moving towards someone or something that I think is going to fill the void. Now, there's so many different ways that we can fill the void, which is probably the most common temptation that there is, right? We're look we, we find ourselves looking in the wrong places to fill the restlessness to fill the void to fill the emptiness like for example last week we looked at money right so I won't go into that all again this week but you know that's a that's a really really common basic thing that people do. they have this sense that if I can get enough, then I'll be content, right? Or you can also take neutral things. Well, money is neutral, actually. We looked at that last week. But you can also take things that are good in your life. Um, You can also, you see, anything good can get out of balance, Paul teaches. And when something is out of balance, it becomes detrimental to our emotional lives and our spiritual well-being. So, and it can be the love of anything. It could be the love of gardening. It could be the love of my partner. It could be the love of my children. And you might think, well, surely that could never be damaging. Surely I can't go overboard in loving my children or my spouse or my partner or my art, my work, My education was like, oh yeah, Jesus would say, anything, anything can become detrimental. Anything can start off good and end up completely out of balance and lead you away from life. The old word, by the way, is idolatry. So you'll hear that word or you'll read that word a lot in the Old Testament. You know, the the people of Israel, the ancient people of Israel you know, got caught up in idolatry. Well, it's a lot more than just bowing down to carved images. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, can be a lot more nuanced than that, right? I mean, idolatry really is anything, including good things, that we go overboard with. I mean, anything can lead you astray. Anything can get you off track. Anything can claim. Your, your heart, your drive, your passion, anything. And what Paul is saying here is, is that can, the lack of contentment can easily move into the realm of temptation. Uh, you're trying to fill the emptiness with something that was never designed to fill it can be people, can be money, can be careers, could be children, could be your stuff. I mean, all the things you own, your property, it's like the scripture teaches, well, all these things, they were not designed to give contentment. They're extras. They're not designed to give complete and total fulfillment and contentment. So if you're, if we find ourselves looking to all of these things of the world, as the scripture says, meaning not necessarily in a bad way, things of the world. I just mean the stuff that's here. It's like no, you're. <laughs> it's like what is that little saying that we have? You're you're a spiritual being having a physical experience. It's like it's not enough for you. This place isn't enough for you. You were made for more. It's beautiful. Uh, it, it's it's wondrous. It's an incredible gift. But we are spiritual beings, right? We do need more. We do need our divine connection. Now, like most things in life, St. Paul learned the hard way. He wasn't born content. He says, I learned the hard way. I haven't always been that sweet." He says, now, at this point in my life, I've learned to be content with Nothing, very, very little, dire straits. And I've also learned to be content when I had plenty and I was at the top of my game. I mean, he takes it all a bit lightly in some ways. You know, it's like, yeah, well, if things are going good, that's good. I'm still trusting God. If things are falling apart, well, yeah. Am I enjoying it? No, but I'm trusting God. You know, that's my reality. So for Paul he had to learn contentment. And he wants Timothy to learn this from a young age, right? Nobody needs to be taught how to attach to the wrong things. But most of us need a lot of help learning how to detach. We all naturally attach to the wrong things. Nobody teaches their children how to attach to their phone. Nobody teaches their children how to attach to music. Most kids, right, love music, don't they? Or games on the computer or sports or going to the gym. No one says, get on that PC and do some mindless browsing. Nobody does that. You don't have to do that because we're wired for that. We're wired for attachment. We're wired for this kind of addictive behavior. That's what we do, that's who we are. And a lot of the stuff we do doesn't really wreck our lives so we can get away with it for our whole life. It, It can preoccupy us, right? If I'm constantly reading novels or constantly decorating and redecorating or eating or shopping or buying stuff I don't need, I mean, it needn't necessarily wreck my life but it can certainly preoccupy me. It's a distraction. Right? Well, the scripture would call that state of, it's like, you're falling asleep to what's important. You're falling asleep to what's important. That's not going to help you in the long run. What's going to help you is, Timothy, and us, of course. There's great gain in godliness combined with contentment know where you can be truly satisfied don't go running after all the stuff don't go attaching to all the wrong things that promise to give you something promise to give you some sort of fulfillment but end up breaking the promise So the first piece of wisdom he gives Timothy is this idea of contentment. The second thing is godliness. Now, we hardly use this word nowadays. It's an interesting word. It means Eusebia. It means, uh, Eusebia in the New Testament language is your inner response to the things of God. It's your inner response to the things of, of the divine. Now, your sensitivity to God, for example, what is this? It's like, you might be sensitive to other people, right? You can pick up on their moods. You might be sensitive to others in the sense that you don't want to hurt them, you don't want to offend them. So you have a capacity to sort of tune in and not step on people's toes, or you might have a child, for example, that you might say, You know, my child is you might describe them as a sensitive child, right? She's she's kind of attuned, she she notices what's going on, she's affected by atmosphere, uh, she's affected by how others speak to her, their actions, their energy, she wants to please. Okay, so we know what sensitivity is when it comes to people, right? You probably have somebody in your life that isn't very sensitive. That's a whole other problem, right? Um, The bull in a china shop type, right? Well, godliness is a sensitivity to God. So Paul's saying to Timothy, Timothy, as you go through your life, stay sensitive to God's ways, God's leading, God's correction, there's going to be all sorts of temptations uh, to to run off and, and find your contentment and satisfaction in things that will never deliver, things that were never meant to deliver. The only way really to secure any sort of contentment in this life is to be looking in the right place to be filled. And that places your sensitivity to God because when we're sensitive to God, God can start to guide us in ways that we might not be guided by our personalities or by our history or by our wounds for that matter, right? Because our wounds are are strong. (laughs) They push us in lots of directions, don't they? But if we can be still and have a bit of time and learn how to be sensitive to God's way. That can lead us an entirely new way. So he says there's great gain in godliness, sensitivity to God, combined with contentment. So it just makes you ponder, just makes you think about, you know, am I content? And I mean, many of us are going to say, not really, right? Because that's the way we're, we are. That tends to be our default. And the follow-up question would be, okay, so so what am, I, what am I actually doing to fulfill this lack of contentment? And is it the right path? Is it the right path? Or is it ending up being a bit of a disappointment? I need to get back on track and be sensitive to how God is leading me in my life? And there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. Eusebius, right? Great word. God, I want to be sensitive to you. I want to be sensitive to you. Show me your way. And help me look for contentment in the right places. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.